0: Hello, the internet, and welcome to season one thirty six, episode four of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of <laughs> iHeartRadio. Radio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say, officially off the top, fuck the Koch mm-hmm. brothers, fuck Fox News, mm-hmm. fuck Rush Limbaugh, mm-hmm. fuck Buck Sexton. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Friday, it June fifth, twenty twenty. What's a Buck Sexton? My name, that that? that sounds so much like a hardcore porn star. Um, Yeah. But he's actually a conservative talk radio person on uh, iHeartRadio, it looks like. Um, Buck Sexton. Buck Sexton. Piece of shit. Uh, My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Potatoes O'Brien, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co host, Mr. Miles Gray. Miles Gray,
1: a.k.a. Keep Your Energy Going don't let your black tile energy die out allies we got a long way to go i'm gonna keep saying that every day uh because we're man we're in we're in the middle of a a hopefully one of a historical moment in this country and i think i have always wondered man when is my what's like when am i gonna have to do some shit you know, when yeah, am I going to have to like, it. when am I going to feel good? I can look back and be like, yo, back then I was doing the right thing. I think that's right now. I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah. Now. I'm pretty sure it's been right now for a while, but it's really, really right now. So, hey, hey uh, punch your ticket uh, to the right side of history please you know yeah, you yeah. can, and you can be and I trust me I already can see like people fucking 40 years from now be like you know I, I marched for black lives in 2020 and I'll be like yes great I love it I hope uh, you, you, I hope you still have that energy up now uh,
0: we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious the talented one of our favorite guests here on the daily zeitgeist Maggie May. Yay! Hey, everybody! Damn, look there at that! You mic. are high. That hey. mic looks like it's from the future of the movie Wall-E.
2: Yeah, I got it at South by Southwest one year. It was in the gift pack, and I never thought. Yeah, I never thought it would come in handy. And then the world closed. So
0: right, I feel and like every- a lot of the riot police also look. They look like they are a combination of RoboCop and the humans from Wall-E. Uh, that, that's been <laughs> on my mind. Like yeah. that dude who's pointing the uh like hand cannon thing at the at the two-year-old on his dad's shoulders. Oh my uh, god. is straight up a human from Wally, like barely able to stand upright. Uh yeah. but That's why That I is could, neither here nor there.
1: That's why I love that ice cube tweet where it's just like, "Yo, if if we're out there every day, they have to be out there every day." You know yeah. what I mean? And they, <laughs> look at them. They're, they're I've also seen a lot of photos of the most uncomfortable uh, police officers in their like full you know riot gear just pouring out buckets of sweat because bacon. it's like all like black and plastic and like close to their skin so they're like microwaving their bodies but hey great and bacon then we'll-
0: in more ways than one bacon yeah. in the sun. whoa and look at head. whoa whoa <laughs>
1: Get your uh, get your black fist afro picks out. Jack O'Brien is in the building.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, love pig, going, I, I love right? to see it. I love to <laughs> <But> see it. I love to see <laughs> it. Bringing the seventh grade anti cop energy.
1: <laughs> Although the, hey, up, but those pig? have been some of the funniest videos of like people who just put the donut on the string with yeah. the stick and just walk by. And I'm like, I don't know why. It's still it's so well, satisfying are. to see.
2: I saw this one chick trying to give flowers to a police officer (laughs) and the officer was a woman and she looked so pissed. Like she looked like she had just come home and her kids were cutting up or something, but I love to see it. It It's now my cell phone, it's my cell phone background picture now.
0: Uh, Um, All right, Maggie, may we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. Uh, we're gonna tell our listeners a couple of things we'll talk about. If we get to it, we will I, I think we need to talk about crisis fatigue, what's actual police reform like that a lot of ideas are being thrown around. but miles, you uh, you put together a really good breakdown of, you know what what's being put out there that's insufficient and what uh, what we need to actually keep pushing for. And then you also put together a really good breakdown of like how to have these conversations and also like how like where the, the insecurity and the the fear that, that you're seeing on right wing Twitter that I, I think is really uh, enlightening. And then if we have time to get to it, we'll talk about Mattis criticizing Trump. Cause there we go. He's he's done now. He's done, folks. <laughs> another another authority figure has criticized another one. him. Yeah. Bodied. So we the Mattis <laughs> is apparently the new uh, the new Robert Mueller. He's but the that's new, just like what
1: centrists use to act like they, they f- did something. It's like, yeah. I mean, but do you see what he said?
0: I'm like, I don't give a
1: fuck, bro. Is it because
0: they look like their dads, and so like the the Johns at Crooked Media are like, well, this will do it because you can't say no to your dad. No, they say that because so.
1: they're they're white bourgeoisie, like you know, they're from a different world. They're operating yeah. a different reality, and like their their proximity to like that level of power, like has I think eroded a bit of their connection to like. How what the real substantive changes without using a label of like it's too radical like that's radical or like you know things have to be incremental because I think that's what a lot of the things we're seeing and that is a again I'm talking about how white supremacy will always do what it has to do to ensure its existence so rather than when we're saying defund the police because we're all looking at that their thing is like yeah. well let's let's ban chokeholds <laughs> no, <Rit>. no, no, <laughs> no 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 okay. There's so many great tweets about this, like where you think people say like, hey, like you don't see, uh, you know, pilots there. You can't have the bad apples theory apply to like airline pilots because people will crash and die and you can't say that. And like, no, 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 the the stakes are too high. You don't have that with surgeons. You don't have you don't have songs that are called fuck the fire department like you've seen all I've seen all kinds of very brilliant takes like this on Twitter to like really put it together uh, to understand how what the police are and what people's relationship to the police are um, we need to
0: have a policy that if a co-pilot sees his pilot steering the plane directly into the earth they need to intervene they need to pull pull that plane that's what needs to happen a, yeah nosedive that's that is going to be the solution i think yeah exactly
1: uh, and i think but you know that's why we have to tackle these solu- like these problems at where they're at. It's like not just, oh, well, you know, what Solomon Giorgio had a tweet that he was basically saying, yo, if I had a child daycare run by pedophiles and I said, but hey, don't worry, I got rules for them. Right. No one's gonna fucking trust their children at my daycare center, even if right. I have rules, because the premise is fucked. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. The premise of policing is fucked. So handle that. Don't handle all these other manifestations of the fucked principle to address the fucking the issue
0: the issue Uh, i'll start ranting uh, again
1: in about five minutes
0: (laughs) maggie may we like to ask our guests what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are
2: uh last thing on my search history was definition of an ally
0: Mm. okay i
2: looked up ally uh and that's should let you know about me that if you come up to me and start telling me problematic stuff and I try to correct you or do anything and you tell me you're an ally, I'm going to look up the definition of ally and throw that into a conversation.
1: <laughs> right. Don't get yeah. argumentative. Well, That's not what we're here for.
0: Is that coming from a personal experience that you recently I saw her had? I saw your Twitter.
2: Yeah, you did. That came from this morning. Um I I posted something that, like, if all you want to talk about is the looting, then I don't have anything to say to you. Someone jumped in and decided that she needed to tell me, as a white woman, blah, 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 blah. And, yeah, we do needed to discuss the looting, but not now, this and that. And I was just like, didn't I say, like.
1: That's a distraction. I'm
2: really. She wrote a manifesto. And I was like, I'm not really about to read long think pieces from white people right now that she's not where I am got up in arms, I'm an ally, yeah. I this, I Again, that. Again, be- my
1: response would just be like, that's a lot of words to not say white supremacy is a problem.
2: That's it. Like she <laughs> did every white trick in the book. It was, yeah. a, uh, well, uh, if, uh, if if maybe you should back down when you know that I'm trying. And I was just like, okay, I see you wrote your whole life story about how you didn't know that racism was a thing and you found out last week and now you're trying to do some stuff and everything like that. And now you want me to give you credit for all of your back work, even though you're currently in my in my face with some bullshit. Like, yeah, no, creating I'm creating more labor you, for you. Thank you. Yeah. And and it, and then it turned into, well, if if this is how uh, people react, then See? people aren't going to come back to the yeah. table. And I was mm-hmm. like, there you if go. Someone can't correct you of your problematic behavior. You are not an ally. <laughs>
1: Boom. <laughs>
2: Did my, did my microphone pick that
1: Drop up? Drop the bomb. You are
2: not an ally.
1: Yeah. You have to be I able to like just... You have to be able to hear that and not get defensive. That's the thing, and we're going to get to that, but that's, that's a, it's such a mind... That's the, prev- the prevailing mindset that is not allowing a lot of people to see what is happening for what it is. Because like I said, the white supremacy will do everything it can to ensure that it stays obscure and it is uh, tricking you. So rather than... Her basically get cutting to the chase and saying, "Really, she if what she's saying is I don't believe white supremacy is an issue. That's what it is." And then yeah. you can, and then I'm like, okay, great. Let's you actually made your point. We can deconstruct that because here here's the receipts. Here's centuries of receipts. Yeah, and then let's go from there.
0: And I think that a lot of white people are, even if they claim not to uh think white supremacy is an issue or you know are realizing white supremacy is an issue but don't want to talk about it in the way you want to talk about it. They have a lifetime of words and justifications built up inside their mind because they've been lying to themselves their entire lives yeah. about this to to ignore this. We've been lying to ourselves the entire time. I need to include myself in that. And as it's becoming more and more evident that you know that you like a thing that can't that we can't miss um i I feel like some people are are responding with just putting all of those justifications out there, just like vomiting them all forth and it's just not it's not the way to go about it and also yeah, or do that call do yourself that a in your ally. own
1: spaces. Right. I don't need I don't need your I don't need the receipts of your emotional labor and throughout all this. Right. And I appreciate I understand where you're coming from, because it's like, but I, I, I I'm going to prove that I'm going to be better because I'm proving I feel bad about this to you. And you can see the proof that I feel bad. Therefore, you know, I am not bad because I do feel bad and I want to let this is the proof. Will you examine my proof with me? Can I will you proofread my proof for me so I can show other people how to show and prove? Okay, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. And I think and this is why I tell everybody. It's really the actions, man. It's the actions that are going to be the biggest thing. And even if I don't care if you didn't post a black square or whatever, because I'd rather know somebody is going to show up to a march or going to put pressure on their DA or their police commission or whatever on behalf of black people. That to me, that's that's way more than showing me text threads you've had. I don't I don't care. And to me, every black person who's had to go through other people's emotional receipts this week, it's very, it's, it's emotionally, it's a lot of emotional labor and it shouldn't be on us. I trust you. If you're going to hear this deal, I'll trust you that you say you're going to change. And then when you don't, I'm a fucking, I'm going to shed you from my life. That's how it's going to, I don't need, you don't have to tell me now because I don't, I, (laughs) I don't care what you're seeing. I will, I will determine whether or not I keep you around based on how you're acting and then, if not, mm-hmm. I'll shed you. That's all it is. And I was saying this a few weeks ago. You will shed people in this process because the way we get through this is you have to say, Guess what, everybody? I'm not racist. Sorry to everybody in here. I'm not racist. And if they fucking leave, that's fine because they're, you don't, this is what people say. You didn't lose them, they lost you because you yeah. are actually a decent human being. For you to do that, that is, that takes courage. I commend you for being around people where, It might not be the most fashionable thing to stand up and say, I think equality is good. That's so wild to say right now, even out loud to be like that. It's not a fashionable thing for you to stand up in a room and say, I believe equality is a thing. And I think we can change it because, yeah, I I, it's possible my generation may be able to do something really significant right now. It looks like there's something there. And trust me, when you shed those, you will not be alone. Those people are out of your lives. Don't worry. You will not be alone because there are people out here that care for each other. And you would rather be in that community than people who have hate because those people end up alone a lot quicker. You will not be alone. There are people, go go anywhere with your heart open. There There will always be people that will accept you. So you don't need
0: people like that. Shed them. Maggie, what is something you think is <laughs> sorry? Underrated? I'm those no. <laughs> Can we let I'm that sorry, sermon settle for a minute? I'm just like <laughs> yeah. I've been on
1: one the whole week. You know, I've <laughs> I've saying. had a lot. It's a lot because I think a lot of black people too. Yeah, I I've become complacent with white supremacy around me, and okay. I think that's that's the shitty thing for me to experience as a black person, as a black and East person, as an Asian, whatever. I realize too that I have become complacent, and I think that's what disgusts me the most about my own. That's what energizes me now because I feel it, it it feels bad it feels bad to think that I was I was in it and I knew I was in it and I just wasn't really able to do anything about it but I'm feeding so much off of this energy of other people right now that my my outlook is changing rapidly um and I'm just uh, that's why i' I'm glad to do this and I hope we can just keep it up
0: yeah, you have the, like, you, when you uh, are on the fight or flight, you become more eloquent. <laughs> That's an amazing thing. And I think a lot of people <laughs> are, I think a lot of people are feeding off of you, too. So uh, just to, say the obvious but you know
2: that's so important because for such a long time we were gaslit into thinking that like saying something means that we're angry or that we're trying to impugn you yes. know, everything like but now people are coming together and being like no no no, that actually is wrong and pointing out that it is wrong yeah. is not any kind of a mark towards anyone like it wrong is wrong like and
1: then we feel so bad though because we've been knowing this for so long and now we have people being like oh my god i can't believe it's so bad and uh, it's almost mind-blowing, right, for black people, because the shit has been in front of y'all the whole time.
2: hundred percent.
1: You know? And then and now people go, ah, you know, I just feel so, i so broken up about it, you
2: know? Oh, my God. I under,
1: in a way, it's it fucks our heads up, because it's like, you didn't know? I'd rather be like, it's a problem, and I'm going to do something now. But you know what? that just shows you how wild this white supremacy shit is, that some people are really are, and that's the people I know are waking up to, because they are really like, whoa, whoa, what the fuck? And that's yeah. great that you're realizing that, but then there's also a lot of frustration, in. it's doubly painful, you know, because then as black people, we have to continue to be like, fuck, bro, we've, oh man, we've been saying this, we've yeah. been saying this, we've been saying this, we've been screaming this, but you know what, fine. That's the, that's our burden, though, too, to be able to have to have the wherewithal to be able to pick each other up and and take up for our community and be able to be like, okay, fine. It didn't, you didn't get it 100 years ago. You didn't get it 50 years ago. You didn't get it 20 years ago, 10 years ago. And we'll probably be saying, I hope to God we're saying something different 20 years from now. Yeah. But I think the reason why, especially a lot of young people, young black people feel very motivated right now, too, is because I think... We've had to look at defeated, the defeated looks on our parents' and grandparents' faces, and we feel like, holy shit, man, we have enough smarts right now to do something, and we actually know how this shit works a lot better than our yeah. parents did and our grandparents did. And we've been, luckily, off their backs, have been able to educate ourselves and arm ourselves with the proper tools and get into the right spaces to create allies to do something different now. So mm-hmm. I feel that's what's what's there, and that's what I hope is there. That's why I think yeah. everybody has to hop on this fucking journey right now. Punch yeah. your ticket for the fucking right side right now.
2: Mm, testify.
0: Mm. What? Uh. What is something you think is underrated, Maggie?
2: Underrated? Mm-hmm. It, apologizing. Mm-hmm. I don't think that people really understand the power of a simple apology. Like, mm. An apology has stopped me in my tracks. An apology will tur- like. Yeah. I think that a lot of people are. They don't realize the importance of their own apology and the. Like, I guess the scope, like don't apologize to me about something that you don't have anything to do with and that you have no power to change and that you're not going to change. Apologize to me for your actions. And that's. That's that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like I wouldn't have even brought up anything about that fake ally had she just apologized <laughs> the first time around. She wouldn't right. even be put on blast on a podcast at all. Like it would have been over. Like people, and that that kind of feeds into a little something more that I wanted to say uh, based on what Miles was saying. Like you have to be okay with being wrong. Being mm-hmm. wrong is not a problem. Being wrong, being human, erring. That's human. Apologizing removes a multitude of sins.
1: Yeah. And that's what wisdom is, you know? A wise person sits on a stack of discarded ideas and ideologies that they've deemed useless to them. And the ignorant cling to their singular one.
0: You know what I mean? You should Mm. be able
1: to look back and all that shit you did and go, yikes. What the (laughs) fuck was I thinking? (laughs) That's what a wise person sounds like. They go, that was fucking dumb god damn glad i'm past that i'm glad i'm on some more empathetic shit i'm glad I'm, i see people differently i'm glad i see the world differently then and that's why you see the difference right now there are people who are willing to shed those things and there are people who yeah. are not willing to shed those ideologies and those thinking and that's what these people right now who are like i don't understand what the problem is they were looting mm-hmm you're not willing to give up this other thing where you can acknowledge white supremacy. You're clinging to that one, but you don't even realize you're mm-hmm. clinging to that. You're clinging mm-hmm. to your ego's sense of righteousness to try and, you know, absolve yourself from them. And that's not even what we're talking about right now. Because you're 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 completely looking at the game differently. Drew
0: Brees is talking about like observing white supremacists on uh Twitter, Drew Brees' apology, uh <laughs> which, you know, too little, too late. Like this is one of those Things as Jordan Peele said, we needed you to get right the first time. But the apology really seemed to infuriate uh, his a lot of his white followers. They were like, "You have nothing to apologize for." You said, "What are you apologizing for?" There's nothing to apologize for here. Um, yeah, there, there's something very powerful about a, an apology that uh, because it's inverting
1: and, the racial dynamic. It's white supremacy. Yeah. White people should not apologize to black people. Mm-hmm. Done. Done. Yeah. It all every time. It just it's you can boil all these responses down to white supremacy. The idea that Drew, the reason they are upset is because a white man is apologizing to a black person for their white supremacy.
2: hmm Because if and he has to do it, then so do they.
1: Yeah. Right. It's exactly. It's just like, and but it's so. And it, that's what the wildest thing is. They showed a side by side of Laura Ingram where she's like, LeBron James just needs to dribble the ball. And yeah. when, when he has a point about politics and then like, and Drew Brees yesterday or the day before saying, Oh, well, you know, he's a human too. You know, he's got feel he's got opinions on stuff.
0: So it's just right. like, come on. Yeah. Come on. Um, yeah. What is something Maggie you think is overrated?
2: Overrated is leaving the house. I've been living <laughs> my best life. I'm quarantined to the teeth. Um, I, uh, I have an overactive immune system, so I'm immunosuppressed on those medicines, so I've been staying in, like, probably mm. more than most, but I have everything I need. Like, who needs to leave the house? I went to an online emo dance party last night, and it was tight. Mm. Everyone delivers everything to my house, and that's also <laughs> tight. I also don't ever have to wear pants. I'm not wearing pants now, and y'all can't tell Great. shit. I don't have to drive. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to gas up my car. I just get to sit down. If I get depressed, I'm already at home.
1: Like, I'm already sitting <laughs> down. Yeah.
2: I'm already in bed, so. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm already in bed.
2: Yeah, this quarantine can last as long as it needs to last. I'm fine.
1: Uh, yeah. Are you normally like a homebody?
2: Um. For the most part, um, I yeah. leave a lot during the day to like run errands and I'm doing comedy like pretty much every night. So right. That part is a little bit. um.
1: So you, know, you do. Eva- so you value that time at home because of how much you're ra- out.
2: Yes. Yes. And I'm right. an introvert. So I like to be home and by myself. And, yeah. you know, that's where I recharge. But, yeah. you know, it's been tight. It's
1: been yeah. hella tight. <laughs> Especially the uh, no stress. Uh, Yeah. When you have things left at your door now. I for, I remember like a, a couple weeks ago, I had ordered food from like this. was waiting for this one restaurant I always go to. Like, they weren't opening, and I was trying to be like, they had no gift cards or anything. I was like, what happened? They finally came back. I ordered something, and I hadn't ordered anything in a while. And I forgot they leave it at the door. And I was like, where the fuck is that order at? And I was like, it was just 45 <laughs> minutes in front of my door. And I was like, right, right, right. It just yeah. comes literally there now.
0: <laughs> yeah. We're still in the middle of a pandemic lest we forget. On
1: top of all that, yeah.
0: And finally, Maggie, what's a myth? What's something people think is true, you know, to be false?
2: That reality shows are bad. That they're bad entertainment. Mm. That's false. Yeah. Like They're so necessary. I watch so many more reality shows <laughs> now. I have a homegirl that we will watch. We'll get on Zoom and watch reality shows together. Because hey. it's like... I have to be able to watch someone make a bad decision in their life
0: while (laughs) while
2: I'm at home ordering stuff and just letting it get left in front of my door. What are you
1: watching right now?
2: Oh, I'm watching. What's uh, sustaining you? uh, Married at First Sight.
1: Oh yes.
2: I'm into uh, 90 Day Fiance. I'm into. um, I started up with Too Hot to Handle, but that show is not too hot. It's lame. so lame. I'm like, none of y'all are that hot on it's this show anyway. It's too cold to watch. Yeah. Just I mean, no. And yeah. like, the whole premise of the show is dumb. It's like you can't not Married fuck at
1: first sight is, it, it's, it becomes like hit or miss sometimes, but when those seasons are hitting, I'm like, why did anyone ever agree to this? Like 90 Day Fiance, yeah. I understand. That's why I like it. I get a little international flavor, travel, flair, so much culture clashing- uh, and other bullshit, but like when you watch Married at First Sight and like you're like, oh my God, this dude is like gaslighting her like constantly. And yeah. like they're not even like, no one's even actually describing that. Even like the experts, when I'm like, this is not actually okay. All right, Married at First they, Sight. They all
2: need their licenses taken away from them. Someone needs <laughs> right. to yank Dr. Pepper's license. They need to take yeah. Pastor Calvin's church away from him. Pastor, that yeah. Is, it is such a bad idea. <laughs> But like, I'll but the Australian
1: it. one. Have you seen that one?
2: No. So
1: I just saw. They just started putting the Aussie version of it up, even funnier because I it's it could take me even less out of like. Sometimes I don't like the American versions of shows, but Aussie Married at First Sight. I haven't been disappointed in the first episode. <laughs>
0: we're, I feel we're like switching the Aussie version and the UK version of reality shows. It's like. Somebody who's like dabbling in drugs and then goes like hard to the hard street drugs. Oh right, right, right! right. Just say it, man. <laughs> Give it to me. It's like, wait, you're
1: mixing the pills with what?
2: <laughs> it's like those little, the little anti drug things we watched in the '90s, where someone took one hit of weed and then, like, all yeah. of a sudden, it's yeah. circling eyes, yeah. cocaine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly. Next thing you know, you're watching Geordie
0: Shore. <laughs> Um, Have you seen? I, Shore? I love the statement that oh. uh, that reality TV is necessary. That that is uh, culturally necessary. necessary. It should just that.
1: be. It should just be called watch these idiots TV. It's not reality because it's not. I don't. And I think. A, I mean, unfortunately, there are a lot of people who will watch and be like, "Oh, cool, man, that place looks awesome." But I think really the. The thing that people like we're all watching it for is just that satisfaction to know there is someone out there making way worse decisions than you are. And you can and you can then elevate yourself pettily because we are so small as we watch we go. And I will stand upon their shoulders to feel mighty.
2: (laughs) Also, like, we might be in quarantine for, like, what, one, two years? Like, no one is getting engaged in this one to two years, and society, like, crams it down a woman's throat that you got to be married by you know 30 40 or whatever right watching these shows i do not have any desire to go out and get married like it right. looks <laughs> shitty like it does not look fine and like anytime any like anyone who has marriage fever or is like i gotta do this i gotta make this happen go sit your ass in front of a married at first sight and see what happens to them go google yeah. what they're up to now and see whether or not you want to hit your wagon to somebody just because you know you're you 35 yeah exactly
1: oh it's like, I just felt like, you know, so many dead-end relationships. I was like, this is it, you know? And that's why I'm just like, I'm just embracing this, like, experiment. Like, this, whenever you see those people start off that married at first sight thing, you're like, this is all bad. It's cut to them crying, like, in a tropical resort. And they're like, he, yeah. I, he just said he's not attracted to me. <laughs> and it's, like, crazy. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know what you, okay, <laughs> all right. I'm going to just laugh because I need this right now. <laughs>
2: I'm at home, like you, so stupid, bitch, yeah. and I'm eating. Screaming cheetah. at the, I'm eating funyuns for dinner. you yeah.
1: are yeah, like spitting the crumbs onto the screen. As you
2: I'm so much smarter than
1: you. You're Learn to see home. a red flag. Learn to see a red flag.
0: <laughs> it's just funyun yeah. chunks of funyun flying at your your laptop.
1: <laughs> you're like my return key doesn't work anymore. As <laughs> funyuns I got on the keyboard. <laughs>
0: All right, guys, let's take a quick break. My four year old just entered the studio. I have to go. Baby has entered the game. uh, And then we'll be right back. And we're back. Ramsey, my four year old, is going to stick around for a little bit. So there might be noise in the background. uh, But that is. Uh, still in quarantine, but he does uh, write my takes.
1: He does
0: <laughs> <laughs> for He's uh, in my very ear little right now. money too. Um, <laughs> all right, Miles, let's talk about crisis fatigue. This was a really good, uh, yeah, really good point that you put Th- together. This is
1: an article I saw on Wired um, because it was just saying like crisis fatigue is a thing and it's real, and I think every person knows that the last three months have already been difficult. Uh, being locked down, unable to see loved ones and travel, and just sort of do what we normally do, and then things completely fucking boiled over, uh, with all of you know this like group uh outpouring of uh, their uh opposition to police brutality and racism in this country. So, you know, I think for me personally, I feel like I've been in like a constant fight or flight. The second I wake up, like I wake up and i'm like oh i can sleep in and i'm like dude my heart's like racing like i need to get up yeah. and run or something like i actually can't even just chill and i'm realizing like yes i'm stressed but this reading about crisis fatigue very specifically i think is beneficial cuz i think we all have some version of like unease unrest stress uh and it's really important to to work on that so um in this article they were talking about just basically you know, we're built to have these like high stress situations for like a little bit, right? That's what our fight or flight's about. That's what keeps us nimble and alive as we were trying to survive. And now it's a little bit different now with the way our world is. That shit just turns into us boiling over with like super high cortisol levels, which then wreak havoc on our body. So the stress isn't just merely like, oh man, I'm uneasy or whatever. Like we have to really be careful. Like every person should really be careful because this high amount of stress you're feeling can do all kinds of things to your body, throw your hormones all out of whack, high blood pressure, bone loss. If you like, you know, if it turns into Cushing syndrome. Um, so please take a second because your bodies can also feel the effects of everything that's going on, not just our minds, um, and they just really can't. We can't hold this up for so long. So I think it's really important, I just want to say, because a lot of people are really invigorated right now. And there's some people who are like, well, what's next? Where do we go today? Who do we yell at now? Like, that is great. But like I was saying a few episodes ago, put that shit, keep it on low. Keep it hot, but don't put it on, don't flame the fuck out because my God, I, I, I'll let everybody else speak to how exhausted they are. We are all exhausted, but we also need to be really careful with ourselves.
0: I think we generally underrate, uh, you know, mental health, like Meg, you were saying that like you have immuno issues or or issues with your immune system that are keeping you inside and like away from, uh, but I think, I think we need to be also, you know, like Miles said, aware of like what we're doing to our mental health, like what our mental diet is, is, uh, doing to us, you know, like how we're consuming the news, like I, I don't think I've taken five minutes from looking at my phone uh, the past, you know, yeah, four or five days, like the past week and a half. Like and, I, I just yeah. feel like it's nonstop, and it's not a, it's not good. But I, I also don't know. Like I do feel like I need to stay up on it, but like I also have not. I haven't had the thought in my head, like, what is this doing to me mentally? What is this doing to people around me mentally? Because Uh, eventually I probably should.
1: Yeah. Eventually your own self-preservation mechanisms will kick in and you will probably disengage for the sake of your health. Like that's what the thing is like, and that's really important for any kind of advocacy is to be able to sustain it for as long as possible. It's not just uh, advocacy. Isn't a reaction to something it's you're dedicating yourself to changing something. So that's, That's why it's not, don't, you know, don't don't hit a wall on the first lap. Like it's a marathon. Right. And, And it's just do like the smallest things. Cause man, I'm like forgetting to drink water. I'm forgetting to eat. I'm forgetting to fucking chill. I've had to put like literal reminders in your phone of like, hey, go pee for a second. Hey, go like drink a cup of water. Go have a sandwich. Do something. Have an egg. Whatever you need to do. Um, Because I think that's also, those things start going by the wayside, as well as really like, like you're saying, Jack. Like, I know it feels good to be like, okay, man, like, what happened now? Okay, now what's going on over here? Now, who did the police kill today? Um, Because that's constant already, as we've seen with plenty of innocent people already losing their lives by just being around and, you know, having the audacity to exercise their First Amendment, right? Um, So limit your news. Like, if, this show is the only thing you listen to to get your fill then do that don't then go on twitter and get sucked into social media because it will it will literally burn you the fuck out so like it's okay like what i do is i have to put the phone at five o'clock it's the last time i check the news like by the east coast it's eight they know what's up i i've pretty much figured out what's happening locally just don't check like have a hard news cutoff time for yourself and have it be hours before you eat dinner and go to bed like let that be an untainted segment of your day because trust me if you really care about this you're gonna be up just with everybody else being like okay what's going on like i feel like something can be done
2: and i feel like on top of that a lot of it is feelings based like because i mean you saw a snuff film everyone has a visceral reaction to it everyone's already feeling a bunch of things but it's like you can't run it off of your feelings or else it's never going to be a sustained movement.
1: Yeah, right. You
2: know, people are not going to stay, you know. You, the ring wasn't as scary the second time you watched it. Like, it's right. not right. going to give you the same kind of thing. But then, like, everyone getting up in their feelings, too, is a problem because, like, that's not how you run any. Like, nothing ever changes by feeling. Nothing. Cha- things change by action. Mm -hmm. right and so i feel like people are getting the feelings and not doing anything and so they feel crazy because they're like i feel all this stuff and there's nothing that i can it's like slow down and chill realize that your feelings are not going to push this forward and realize that you know two years from now when you're still fighting this fight you're not going to feel the same but you still have you the obligation of fighting
1: right or listen why people will immediately say i'm not going to vote for a candidate because this is their record on these issues you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. at a certain level, when you get – when you beat these things, you really start trying to figure out how to solve these things too. You also have to look at who the people are that are in power and what their you know record of behavior is on these kinds of things and how how far they are willing to go to address the problems. Because I think the issue has been – I think that's what – this a lot of this too is a reaction to all of this incremental change when we all knew with Obamacare – it should have been Medicare for all. You know what I mean? Right. And it turned mm-hmm. into a private insurance exchange. And then with other bills, uh whether it's, you know, with dreamers and things like that, we knew what it should have been. It shouldn't have been. We could we could have just given these people the citizenship that they deserve, but we're doing it incrementally. And I think that's why every group has seen incremental change, but they all know what the solutions are, so it's always like why are we waiting for these fucking old ass white people to figure it out? Because we're the ones that are living it and we already know what the mm-hmm. solution is. Mm-hmm. So if your record is like not prosecuting cops when they kill people, I'm going to be like, yo, see, no, no, no. That's that's the mentality you see that it, it, that allows this to go on. Yeah. So I need somebody who said uh, I was I was ran out on a rail as D.A. because I prosecuted too many cops in my first term. I'm like, yeah. whoa! Yep. Okay, voting for there him. There you go. I like that because you already knew what it was. You said, "Oh yeah, I'm district. I'm here to protect people." Oh, what are they doing? Oh, they're there to not piss off the policeman's union and then start the fl- stop the flow of contributions and independent expenditures that help them. No, come on now, come yeah, on, yeah. come
0: on. Let's talk about let's talk about uh how let's talk about like specifically what the reforms are that that people should be looking for because. You know, I, I've heard things like defund the police, um, and immediately been like, "Well, do we?" So there's no police anymore. Like, what? What is the? <laughs> right. We're, yeah, we're all just fine. I'll go. I'll go. Robin get, Hood. I'll arm myself. Only uh, superheroes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Only the Hollywood Boulevard superheroes. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Hollywood Boy. Boulevard Avengers.
0: But the We're more you Nikes. read about that, the more you read about that, the more it's like, oh, that is actually like a no-brainer like change that we should all be pushing for right. uh and it's just but it's probably something that a lot of people think sounds too extreme for them. So I I do think that that's something that's probably worth kind of digging into uh today right. and in the coming days. So
1: I think at this point we can all agree that the police are merely just an overfunded gang that exists to harass poor people <laughs> yep. and, you know, kick people off private property. That's really. And yep. then do some solve a couple crimes here and there. Uh, but I think a lot of people have seen the evidence of wh- how the police interact with the public, and at the very least they go, "That relationship seems a bit off. That relationship is not right. Okay, so then let's take that point, right, that the relationship is off. Now, we have to keep going further back and say, well, that's because the relationship of the way the police, the law enforcement is created now and the system of policing we have now it is only meant to perpetuate that kind of relationship of hostility. It's not to mm-hmm. protect and serve. That's just written on the cars. What you've seen is people just get bodied by Jake uh, or beaten with <laughs> batons or whatever. For, for what? OK, so I think a lot of people are like, this is a lot. Do they need all this? Like, what's going on? So we have to talk about, like, what is actually going to really change these things. And We talk about the big white supremacy is the always the big picture issue here. That's what policing is. But we can let's that's a huge uh, bite to take out. So let's try and make it about what actually what are tangible things. Right. So what are tangible things that will help when we're talking about reforming police funding or whatever is like, we should support things like this. Anything that offers reparations to victims of police violence and their families. That's the first thing. Create, like, financial uh, vulnerability and accountability for these, these places. Because right now it isn't. There are also, like, support proposals that talk about um, requiring police officers to have their own liability insurance. So they have to, they got to come out of pocket if they brutalize somebody or kill them. So that they're covered. OK, this so if it's not the city. If it's not the city. Then make it you, because guess what? This is a serious job. And these are all from um, from activist Maryam Kaba, who is from prison culture, who, you know, writes a lot and is an advocate for prison reform. Um, these are all things that we can be doing from her writing. And that's in the footnotes. Um, the other things that can be done. OK, proposals and legislation to like redirect all of our funds from the police department and the prison system to social goods, right? Because if yep. people aren't supported in their communities, they become desperate and that's why when people go, I don't understand why they have to be in a gang because there's no opportunity, there's no support. Or why are the, why are people violent? Maybe you need you need you need actual assistance with your mental health, but you're left to be on the street and you're fending for yourself in a really awful environment. That's why. So those are the kinds of things that, you know, if those are there, typically uh the police don't have to show up as first responders because we have social workers there. I feel uh, like
0: it has a lot in common with the uh, military-industrial complex, where so many people are making uh, making money off of like things being bad and relationships being bad between countries, and so they get to keep funding the military so that they can like feed on the fear, and it just like kind of feeds back on itself. I feel yeah. like the same thing is happening here.
1: Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, they're... the cops have to be justified in being like, well, they're evil out there, right? They're evil out there. That and
2: the cops are just, they are the ones who f- get everything. You, uh, I don't know if, I, it's right. kind of like, you know, when a house is like, it's not, l- lupus is a, a catch-all. And that's how the cop, I got lupus, but um, the <laughs> cops are kind of a catch-all. Like, uh, the funding for, um, to help with homelessness, half of that was just for cop sweeps.
1: Yeah. Yeah, You know, they
2: exactly. you, anything that goes wrong is like the cops are responsible to take care of that. But at the same time, they're not getting training. I used right. to work as a transcriptionist for the Health and Human Services Commission in Texas. And like with my own black fingers, I would type like, yeah, cops don't know how to deal with mental health problems. Cops are not being trained to deal with mental health problems. Cops are fucking up mental health um, issues. Cops are fucking up like uh, those. Uh, what do they call them? Uh, wellness checks.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, do will never do that.
2: A lot of people with mental issues are getting suicided by cop because the cop is not trained to
1: deal with someone in that kind of state. To deescalate, yeah. they're not yeah. trained
2: to de-escalate a problem.
1: Well, and I think that's yeah. the other important thing because that's why we're always saying the problem actually is the the modern policing, modern law enforcement. That is the problem. There's no, we have not seen mm-hmm. one thing. Yes, you have videos. Whoa, that white officer can can break dance <laughs> at the cookout. Mm-hmm. Whoa, oh. Uh-huh. That's propaganda. That's copaganda. That's that complete. Because I can show you 50 videos of them beating the shit out of black people. Um, And if you look at just sort of how these hours break down of what it means comparatively, right? In like North Carolina, it takes you need 620 hours to be a police officer with you have a gun, right? And you can take somebody's life to be a licensed barber in North Carolina. You need 1,528 hours of training. The the disparity in training is another huge issue. Like in California, it's like something like six hundred sixty hours. A cosmetologist it, they need sixteen hundred hours. So already, yes. like look at how we're sending these people out. It's just made so they can crank out a bunch of uniforms and justify increasing budgets, saying we need more cops, we need more things. Crime's going down, so now it's like okay, well, what can we do? Let's harass poor people because the state isn't taking care of them, so we can criminalize their them being destitute. And that's another way to say, hey, we need more cops, we need more training, we need more sweeps, we need this other stuff. So these are sort of things to keep in mind. Now, I think when the reforms that you also see people propose, like in L.A., when Garcetti's like, hey, we found like 5% of that budget to take out. Okay, nice try. That's not even close to what we're talking about. But if you see proposals that are saying like they want more money to the police, you want to be against that. Okay, let's get that right. Okay, are more they money for
0: body cameras? Yeah. More money for yeah.
1: If it's for technology, you should oppose that. Cause like you're saying, those body cams, they're not turning them on. So they're right. just mm-hmm. expensive pieces of shit that hang off their chests. What probably is happening is they will use other shit like facial recognition technology to that's already we've talked about how biased algorithms are, uh especially with faces of, of like African Americans in this country. Mm -hmm. it's it's not gonna work so if it's about more money for technology get it the fuck out of here if they're asking for um like more police money so they can have more kinds of policing oppose that shit so um any other reforms that are just sort of like you know are we gonna have like let's have let's have dialogue no we're past it and i think right now we're seeing this new thing eight can't wait uh from the campaign zero which i think I'm not saying what this what they're proposing is bad. I think it's really interesting. They're using data to try and determine really small steps that can actually create a huge, uh, what they believe is a huge uh, impact on the amount of police brutality. So, the eight things are: require officers to de-escalate situations, require officers to intervene, require officers to give a verbal warning of before using force. Okay. Uh, restrict or prohibit chokeholds and strangleholds. Pro- prohibit officers from shooting at moving vehicles. Require officers to exhaust all other options. Use a continuum of force. Require comprehensive reporting. See, now this sounds great, but in my mind, I'm like, they're not doing this already? Right. So then this is it's, out the window.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what
1: the fuck
0: are we talking about? Require them to do the the obvious right thing. Like, and... It it just seems like in the wrong hands they will find a way around the like in any company in any organization like there's ways to get around like the metrics or to juice the metrics in one direction like back at Cracked there was a thing where like our parent company wanted a lot of page views so we like started splitting articles up over different pages and it's just like. It was right. a bullshit thing that we did just to like hit that one metric that they wanted us to hit. It didn't do anything, it didn't add any value for the consumer. It didn't add like it was oh, those just KPIs though, shit. baby. Yeah. And like this is just putting metrics in place in a system that is not being reformed in a meaningful way. Like right. we, the the data transparency on stops, arrests, budgeting, weapons, like that's the sort of like hard and it needs to be coming from outside of the police force. It can't just be we want you guys to try to make these changes. Require officers to intervene. Like, what the what, what? practically would that look like? Like, what the fuck are you talking Stop about? Stop your exactly. frat brothers
1: from doing keg stands, bros. Yeah,
0: it does sound like that. It sounds like some shit that you would like hear in a not serious. Yeah, it like, doesn't organization. make sense. Like that's what right. I'm saying.
1: Like this should already be happening. That's what I'm saying. We're past. You know, th- This should have been things that I think would have been great in the 60s, but yeah. we're in 2020 now. So you've made your point. You shouldn't exist anymore as an entity that enforces the law. That's been very clear, at least this form of law enforcement. And these kinds of reforms that people propose are bad because it allows for this bad apple theory to continue. Because you're like, you see, because this, we're taking care of the bad apples with this. Right. Because see, the bad apples like the good ones don't need to be told this but i guess we got to tell the bad apples you gotta warn them you don't do these chokeholds because of the bad apples and that completely takes the emphasis off the fact that this policing system is oppressive violent um and the only thing here here is a is a mechanism to control like weak people that's all it is because look mm-hmm. what happens we saw what and i and i and i'll say it every time you saw white people was full-up tack gear and assault rifles at the state capitol, and everyone's like, hey, all right, guys, kumbaya, just chill out. People are out in the streets. Poor people, too, are asking for their equality, and it's like, send them in, baby, because you know what the f- yeah, this is Because that thing up. needs to the next thing, and next thing you know, they're going to turn my mega-billion-dollar apartment complex into affordable housing. That ain't happening.
2: And then on yeah. top of that, like all of these ways to reduce police brutality, this is all honor system stuff. Because are you gonna tell me that an officer is gonna be like, "Oh yeah, I didn't give a verbal warning"? They're gonna be like, yeah. "I gave a verbal warning, and then it threw a thing of cocaine at me, and so I had to shoot them." Like, right. v- like all of this requires us to believe that the cops are doing this, and they're yeah. not doing this, and this is just common sense stuff. So, like, of course they're gonna, of course they're gonna lie about this.
1: Yeah,
0: it's just. I mean that. Yeah.
1: This disingenuous. I mean, not that it's disingenuous, but I feel like that this is the mindset, right? Where people say, and I get it, like this is good. I don't think these I don't think this is evil to propose this, but I think it's a mindset that we have to begin to abandon, which is like, well, not too much all at once. But the problem right. is we're on fire right now. So don't just yeah. put my foot out. Put extinguish my whole fucking body. What the fuck is wrong with you? Why are we doing that? You know I'm on fire. You saw the threat. So what's the point of doing this incrementally? What is the point? If you're really about this and you're saying this is awful and I want to I want to, you know, erase the evidence of police brutality, then you have to get to the cause of it. The police.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is we have the Washington Post writing articles about how this is America's French Revolution. Like we have You know, this is a time, this is not the time to ask for incremental, like, surface level Mm cover-up changes. Like, this is the time to get systematic, deep changes that won't allow uh, the police to continue to be uh, a tool to enforce white supremacy and, you know, classism.
1: And they say, oh, what should we do? Say, listen to black people. What are you saying? Defund the police. Get rid of the police. Right. Do it. You said, you asked what you could do, telling you, listen, that's what we're saying. So what's the, but we're not saying, oh, less chokes, please.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out of here, man. It's you like know, so You if stupid. you can give me a verbal before you hit me. Yeah. That would be, go ahead and give me an audible before I get my ass kicked.
1: So then let's just get on the same page. And again, I think the first thing, everyone's reaction would be like, no police, then it's anarchy. No, we're right. not saying there's no mechanisms to protect people. That's no. What we're saying is we actually want that. We want people who will protect people, not people yes. who get who squat up in their cars and patrol the streets and be like, "What are you doing over there? Why are you sleeping over there? What is this going on? What are you kids doing over there? Why are you smoking over in this neighborhood? This Why are you in this car? Who's this kid? Oh, you got one white kid with you? Okay, you okay, right. You know, but that's that's how the police think right now. Like we need people to drive around, and be like, "Whoa, hey, sir, are you okay? You look. Are, right. Do you need shoes? Hey, come right. here, come here. You need something? Yes, I'm the police, yes. but I also here to help people. Oh my god, sir, you having a It seems like you're having some kind of episode, sir. Do you have medication that you take? Okay, please sit down. Please put that bottle down, sir. Okay? Yeah. Okay, I won't come near you, but please just I'll stay I will stand here. You can hold that bottle there, but I want to call some people because I want to make sure you're safe. Is that okay? Can I call somebody? Great. Like wh- that's what a that's how the interaction should be. It should always be like, "Are you okay?" Yes. Now what the fuck are you doing?
0: That that seems so obvious, but so far from where we are. right? But that's that, the thing.
2: Yeah. That is the, that's the image of police that we're all taught as kids. Yeah. The that's the doing? image of police that everyone always gets is the guy that's here to be nice, to be sweet. And that's just not what's out there.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: I like get that
1: in your yeah, neighborhood watch meetings where you have like that one officer who lets the kids sit in the squad car and they're like, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah meanwhile like i see that same cop when i'm 16 and like they're fucking with me (laughs) but luckily i'm with some white kids smoking weed in the car and it was fine but i was like oh my god that's fucking you were my community wow and you're out here acting like a fucking dick dude cool Mm -hmm. that's all it is we just want we just want protection and service you know
0: all right let's take a quick break and we'll be back to uh wrap things up And we're back. And really briefly, uh, Mattis said Trump is a danger to the Constitution. The mainstream media seems to be of the opinion that this is this is what we needed. This is going to be the the thing that takes him down. Laura Ingram criticizing him here and there uh what's his name tucker carlson criticizing him while still upholding white supremacy those are the things that are going to uh really take it to him and you know i'll buy it when he's out of office without bloodshed i don't i don't know i don't see it happening well i don't know i mean like
1: this is all those like really defeated senators like it's it's encouraging. They, they know. Well, not that it's, it's, to me, it's encouraging that their brand could get so fucked up that maybe like there's a chance that a lot of people would just be like, dude, I'm not voting for these Republic. What the fuck was that? I mean, that's in a yeah. dream world. But on some level, we always talk about this. I'm like, when is it, when are they going to realize they've, the brand is fully fucked? Yeah. <laughs> like, they're going to just ride this one out. Cause my God, like I said, punch your ticket to the right side of history. They're gonna. What the fuck are y'all doing? But like I like we said, white supremacy is a death cult. Yeah. So if if you're not willing to unshackle yourself from it, then yeah, I guess you will be like, yeah. Like they all look like I guess either they saw how ugly their lack of courage was, or they were like, I guess I'm gonna die. Huh? Guess I'm going down with the ship.
0: Fuck it. I mean, there's a lot of really hard to deny things about like his. Photo op after you know destroying a bunch of uh peaceful protests uh with tear gas. That's a tough one. Tough look to be on the same side as that. But there's just too many things working in his favor. I mean, he there's white supremacy is like the death cult that this country was founded on. Uh Trump has like a literal death cult uh mm-hmm. that he is the Messiah of called QAnon. He's the boss of our country in a country that fetishizes boss bosses and you know all the people trying to take him down and criticizing him are either bureaucrats or former bureaucrats in a country that you know despises bureaucrats in a bone deep the EPA is the villain in Ghostbusters way. Like bureaucrats are who we're taught to hate and that that's not gonna that's not gonna bring an end to this. Right. Like there's by all means, let's let's keep amplifying that. I'm not I'm not saying that's not what Mattis should be doing. I just don't think we can rest on that the way we've uh, in the <laughs> no. past made the mistake of resting on Mueller or you know, whoever the next great technocrat savior is. Miles, do we want to uh do any rewatches over the weekend? Give people something that Oh my uh, god, I didn't
1: even think about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna need some kind of eye bleach.
0: I Bleach. Yeah. All right. Uh, let to, me read through what is uh, the top 10 on Netflix. Okay. Uh, we got Space Force at number one. We oh, got, I'll watch uh, that. I'll watch that. I'll watch that. Okay. Space Force. Fuller House at number three. I'll watch that too. <laughs> Sweet Magnolia is at <laughs> four. Yeah, I'm going to watch that also. Uh huh. Love Sweet Magnolia. Uh, <laughs> Avatar. Now, this one's interesting. The Help is the number six trending piece of content on Netflix. Mm -hmm. i think i'm gonna watch that from the perspective of like a study in what we've been talking about over the past couple days of like how white supremacy manifests itself in white people's minds because who wrote that though i don't know who wrote it i know who directed it katherine stockett Catherine stockett yep grew up in jackson mississippi and Clueless, The Healer, Uncut Gems, and Riverdale are also trending. But I think so. You're gonna do uh, Space Force,
1: Space, for, Space Force, Fuller House, Uncut Gems.
0: <laughs> well, you're giving you're giving Sweet our Magnolia. audience a lot of uh, a lot of homework that they have. Uh, to
1: do. No, Space Force. I think I you know I want to see Tawny in there, and I also yeah. want to see uh, what like the kind of minds of the Office are doing now in this context.
0: Yeah. And well I'll, I'll do the help. We won't do quite as deep a dive as uh we've done uh in the past because there's going to be too much to talk about other other than the help. Uh but we'll uh we'll we'll dig I into mean, it uh, for I'm, 5 minutes. I'm, d- white
1: guilt could only get to number 6 on the Netflix charts. Come I on, know. y'all. <laughs> Did they
0: just release it or is Come it on. just that much that's wild because like right underneath it like in my watch it again it's uh 13th but that's not on there. Oh. Uh the, Wait, well, yeah, I think a lot help. of
1: people I mean I I would say to anybody if you haven't seen the 13th on Netflix, you should absolutely watch that. Um, yeah. Look, all of this historical action we're taking is about really confronting all these things and I think I'm just going to get into this other piece I was going to try and talk about, but when I look on like right-wing Twitter and I look at a lot of comments of like uh conservatives sort of defending like why they don't need to change right now, the common themes I keep seeing are I don't have to feel bad for these people because I didn't personally own slaves. I think that's one of the prevailing things I see. I also see oh, these people that. want to live like that and they just want to mooch off the system. Um and then the other thing, then they uh, bolster that by saying, I know this because i see seen it with my own eyes or I work with these people. And mm. these are fantastic arguments as to why you shouldn't examine your own behavior. Absolutely. Right. A A-gra- grade reasons to be like, man, I'm not going to do any kind of close self-examination after that. But I think the real burden for these people is to avoid having to realize that what they think is wrong. And may have actually been wrong this whole time. All of these are self-preservation mechanisms because if you say, "Wait, I have to feel bad for these people, even though I didn't own slaves." Wait, these people don't want to live like that, and they don't want to mooch off the system. But that's what my dad told me, and my dad was a good guy. I think I'm not racist normally, like. But that's what I was told. So if I'm so then the mental path goes. So if I'm wrong about this race stuff, does that mean I'm evil? and then because that's the logical thing and then boom self-preservation has to kick in and says of course i'm not evil fuck what these people are talking about because if what they say is true that means i'm bad and i'm not bad you know and that's not and i think that's the thing that people need to begin reframing to others when they're trying to communicate and saying take it like it's okay that you i mean it's not okay that you thought that but that if if we're going to do something you have to realize that those thoughts don't serve you and they don't reflect reality and in, fa- in fact they're holding you back and they're holding other people back yep. that's all it is mm-hmm. and that's ha- and that's just how our minds work we always have to find a way to present preserve our egos and make sure that we're like you know not doing a bad thing but then if that sense of self is threatened then we just start doubling down on that bad behavior because the other option is real Real introspection. So I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to double down to the point that I will just kill my fellow human being who's innocent because I've doubled down on this thinking so much. Every time someone tells me it's not right, I'm going to double down on that now. And I'm going to tell you, it's it's actually everything I think is right. And it's a hard place to dig yourself out of, but we're not after people's guilt. So when people are like, well, I don't have to feel bad for these people. I'm not. I, look, <laughs> fucking we we've experienced what people feeling bad does it only leads to like lame diversity hires and sort of like small pittances into like these diversity funds or whatever like it's not the guilt it's it's about changing your heart and your mind that is what the real that's where the juice is in all of this Preach. and that's again you want to be able to say good for you if you look back and go fuck bro yikes yep. i was thinking that shit yikes Woo! i'm glad i'm glad i can say yikes to that Holy shit! I'm fucking. I'm a new. I'm like, whoa! I'm me 3.0, 4.0. Allow yourself to make a mistake. It's not that you're evil, because you have to understand. Like all of this shit has been mainlined into our brains through the media and everything. It's amazing. Like if if you're you know uh, reasonable enough to believe that like the depictions of uh, you know violence in film or something or like how men are supposed to behave in film can contribute to fucking skewed ideas of masculinity then you should damn well be able to hop on the train that white supremacy can also infiltrate your mind in very subtle ways, too. Because you might be like, oh, shit, I didn't think I looked at my body because of of that movie or whatever, this person or this poster. You don't think white supremacy is entering your mind in the same way? So take the time to just fucking deconstruct that shit. But just take the time. All you got to do is be aware. We're not after the guilt. We're after the awareness, so then you can fucking... White supremacy ends when people actually be like, White, oh, I know what it is, and I don't like it." Not just like, "I know it exists." Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing it. I'm purple. Oh, 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 just awareness.
2: See, everybody's too afraid of being wrong. Is yeah. the thing. I don't want to have to admit I was wrong. I don't want to have to admit that I have a leg up. I don't want to have to admit that there are people who don't get the same opportunities. So there's a little bit of an asterisk on some of my achievements. People don't want to say, like, my past was... But it's like, how many people are ashamed at shitting in a diaper at one point in your life? Mm. We used to do that before you knew any better. (laughs) Now you know better. Now you do better, hopefully. But, like, it's just... It's so mind-boggling how people tie their whole sense of self into I was wrong at this one time. And it's so much easier for them to just justify their actions, even, like, retroactively justify, which is hella embarrassing for them yeah. to like go ahead and make excuses for something when you could easily do what I said and apologize and move on from it right
1: I used to have a red Yankees fitted hat like Fred Durst, yeah. okay <laughs> but I've come back all right and I'm not af- I'm not afraid to admit that in fact I'm proud that I saw the light <laughs> and drank the hot dog flavored water and ate the chocolate star <laughs> <laughs> but like <laughs> But that's but inspiring. Think, <laughs>
2: that's inspiring because no, you but could be is, up here right now in a puka shell necklace and you're not right. doing that. You've moved and, on.
1: Right. Exactly. You look at that and be like, whoa. But I think the thing is people should have a soft touch because I see people screaming at each other about it. And a lot of people, I'm telling you, you can open someone's mind a lot easier if you are so calm. It's so off-putting. Yeah. Because they're used to being like, you're wrong. That just... If you if you come at somebody aggressive, they have to be defensive. That's just how it is. That's just how we work. You know, you have your fists cocked. I'm going to put my dukes up and we're scrapping. But if you come up with your hands to your side, you're like, hey, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Hey, man, so I want to talk to you about this stuff that's going on with this white supremacy thing. Like, I just want, I just want, you know, I'm just trying to be aware of it. It's really interesting how I've realized how things have informed how that's happened to me. Um, and i just was i'm just hoping that you can also do that and they go i don't want i don't care those people are wrong just leave mm-hmm. that yeah and come come back again and just do it like that because eventually it's gonna it'll be so weird where they're like damn like they're always so calm talking to me like that and i'm always out here screaming it's like why am i screaming mm-hmm. but again that also takes self-awareness but it, soft touch also works
0: Maggie it's been so wonderful having you uh Thank where you. can people find you and follow you uh, and what's a tweet you've been enjoying
2: well you can find me on um, pretty much all the socials at Maggie may haha may is spelled m a y e so mag M A G G I E M A Y E and haha um a tweet that I loved this week came from Solomon Giorgio um which
0: he's been so great
2: everything yeah. he tweets is just a work of art like i love Mm. how his brain works but uh he tweeted imagine living in a country that took months to respond to a pandemic and seconds to militarize the police against its citizens
0: Mm. Mm. imagine Mm. Hmm.
1: that'd be wild wait that's Um. now oh Oh, yeah oh shit (laughs) all right solomon he can't miss
0: Miles, where can people find you, and what's a tweet you've been enjoying?
1: You can find me, follow me, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, uh, Miles of Gray, and on my other podcast, 420 Day Fiancé, where we talk about 90 Day Fiancé getting super lifted. Uh, A few tweets I like. Uh, A few, man. First one's from Wendy Molineux, at Wendy Molineux. It says, "Uh, congrats to Harvey Weinstein for having his op-ed piece Quote, on the other hand, look at those titties accepted by the New York Times. <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, another one is from Reductress. Uh, it has like, a very concerned wine mom with a hoodie on, like fleece hoodie looking face, and says, Five things protesters can do to make me, the white lady watching at home, more comfortable.
0: Uh, <laughs>
1: because I think that's kind of. Uh, that is such a real sentiment right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> people are just like,
0: oh, I'm just so put off by it now. I don't like human rights. Right. What is Enough is enough. I mean, we get it. We um, get it. We're
1: not going to do anything about it.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Jesus uh, Nice tweeted... Uh, something that i actually didn't know i had always heard that uh old dirty bastard got into a gunfight with the nypd i didn't realize that he just got shot at by eight cops um and all he had was a cell phone so uh that's i guess a piece of white supremacy propaganda that got into my into my head um and whoa that's
1: wild i really thought as it like the Anecdotal thing you heard was like, Yeah, you're gonna gunfight with cops. He was just, Yeah, wow, the shit you still learn in your fucking I'm 35 learning about this shit now.
0: Uh, tall Paul tweeted, Why are people scared of riots and looting? The flu kills way more people every year. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, that's plenty. Oh, and Jordan Peele tweeted oh does this mean we're gonna get to hear from all the quarterbacks um because <laughs> <laughs> oh and Holy colleen shit. tweeted uh tom cotton is as close to having a senator named jim crow as reality would allow right um, oh, god jesus uh, you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist for The Daily Zeitgeist. On Instagram, we have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where footnotes. we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. Miles, what is that going to be today?
1: Hold on, let me shut my dog up.
0: Grimby! A lot of the young members of our household coming in and messing with the recording today.
1: All right, let's go out on a track from Alice Coltrane, the wife of John Coltrane. But not only that, she's actually a accomplished pianist, organist, harpist, vocalist in her own right. A lot of people don't realize she's amazing. Uh, also, Flying Lotus's aunt. Okay, so there's like some little uh, connective tissue to now. Uh, this is a track from her that has like just such, I don't know, like I need dream world vibes right now. Uh, and her harp mixed with like the, the jazz player she's playing is fantastic. This is called Journey in Sachidananda. Uh, and yeah, this is Alice Coltrane.
0: All right, we're going to ride out on that. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is gonna do it for this morning we'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending and we'll talk to you then bye